Hi everybody and welcome back to the Digital Diamonds podcast. For today's episode, I have another interview for you guys because I interviewed my friend Hannah Ashton. Once again, she actually was on this show I think about a year ago, but since then she has done incredible, incredible things and I just really had to have her on again, sharing all about her experience launching her first event, actually two events that she uh, hosted and also launching her first physical product, a workbook. And in this episode, we dive really deep into all the behind the scenes. So Hannah really, really gives us a true insight into what it's really like doing all of those different business ventures. And I just feel so incredibly inspired by Hannah because she's only 19. She's also studying and she has this incredible drive and ambition that you will be able to hear in this episode. So without further ado, Let's get started with this interview. Hi, Hannah, and welcome back to the Digital Diamonds podcast. I am so excited to have you on again. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So if anyone doesn't know you yet, feel free to introduce yourself and then we can go ahead with a lot, a lot of exciting questions today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Laura. I am so excited to be back. Real quick about the Digital Diamonds podcast. I remember when I was um, this past semester and like last year in college, I would put on your podcast when I'd go for my runs. So oh. it reminds me of running. I'm not running right now. but Oh, that's so cool that you're listening. Like, Do you know like when you see like the numbers, it's just not real. But then when you hear people telling you that they listen to your podcast or watch your videos it's like oh, yes. oh wow like people are actually watching and listening yeah I say that all the time because for us exactly it's just like a number oh a, a number or an icon showing up but mm -hmm. it's there's real people but okay anyway um, a little <laughs> bit about me let's see so I'm Hannah Ashton I am a 19 year old youtuber entrepreneur and podcaster myself um, I guess you could say my days, my career days started out more of just a hobby. When I was 10, I started American Girl Doll videos on YouTube just for the fun of it, doing stop motions, hair tutorials, that kind of thing. And I've kept with it over the past nine years or so. Now my content on YouTube that I post is productivity, women's lifestyle, college, and business because in high school is when I was kind of introduced to the amazingness of entrepreneurship and women in entrepreneurship. Um, as I worked for some uh, amazing women as like interns and things, one of them being Lauren Taylor, which I'm pretty sure you've had on the show. No, no, no. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry. I must've gotten confused with someone else, but you need to have her. She's amazing. <laughs> okay, I'll send you okay. her link. I, that. I will write her down. Wait, we're on the same shows a lot of times. So I'm just yeah. used to her. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, so I like helped her with her magazine and then helped her with her YouTube channel. And that got me interested in YouTube consulting, which mm -hmm. I did for about a year and a half, my junior to senior year. So that was my first business. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, yeah, YouTube and social media consultant. And then when I went to college, I stopped that just for, uh, sake of time and like having roommates and not being able to do one-on-one -on -one calls all the time. And during that time, I still had my YouTube channel and my podcast, which is now called the Dream Achieve Podcast. Mm -hmm. And 
Laura, I know does have an episode on there with me. <laughs> and let's see. Oh, I've also done a few live events over the past mm-hmm. uh, year. One in Knoxville, Tennessee. I just did one, wrapped one up in Chicago. And then recently my newest project, which we can get into if you want, is my Dream Achieve workbook, which launched this month that I worked on all my freshman year of college. Yes. Wow. So first of all, if anyone is now inspired, like, I mean, you, you just offered so many business ideas and like things you could do. So like, I guess everyone who's now listening, like they, now they need to have an idea. Like now they have it all. So anyway, I think it's so amazing how you just go from business idea to business idea and you just try out different things and see like what fits your lifestyle right now, what fits your passions, because that's actually something I talked about on the podcast, like recent episodes, because I have recently gotten like super stuck with where do I want to go? Is what I'm doing even making sense? And is it the right thing for me? And I think we often get like stuck in planning and overthinking. So actually my first question is how do you so quickly and easily at least that's how it seems move from business idea to business idea and like try out different things how do you like take this fast action honestly it's me getting bored with where I'm at. <laughs> um yeah. yeah when I started doing a the consulting I mean I had been doing YouTube for years I, since I've been doing YouTube so long it's just my bread and butter um, it's not super exciting for me like I know how to edit a video I know what my audience wants to see I know how to upload and I love it. I still do it every week, but it's nothing exciting for me now. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Instagram. And then, so I started the podcast. I was like, okay, this is a new medium. This is something different. I have to learn and teach myself. I am obsessed with learning business. Mm. It is so fascinating. (laughs) I did not have any business classes in high school. Like my high school didn't have any kind of classes Mm. like that. Um, So I taught myself through podcasts and through books and through blog articles and YouTube videos because I just was so interested in it all. Um, So I started the podcast and that was great. It was something new to teach myself, to learn. And then I started doing some speaking after my Mm. consulting because women online were seeing that, yes, I'm a YouTuber. I have this experience, but I can also teach uh, what I do and teach and talk about it. And I love speaking. Um, so I got asked to go to a blogger conference in February of 2018 in Arizona, and it was phenomenal. I spoke mm. twice in one day to a group of like 40 to 50 people live, wow. and it was overwhelming, but I mm-hmm. was so excited to share about my passions. Mm. And then on the plane ride back from there, I was like, okay, well, I'm heading into my... Um, let's see. Yeah. At that time it it would have been my summer before college. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I start college in August, which I'm not used to. I I went to a year on high school. So I'd go back to school in July. I was like, okay, I have a good amount of time. What do I want to do this summer? And I thought, okay, I'm going to host my first live event. And it was a mess. It was very hard to do on my own with no Mm. guidance. Um, I talk about on my podcast back then it was in August, but I talk about being burnt out because I tried to do it all myself and just like the overwhelm, how I was overwhelmed with it my whole summer. Um, So doing this past event, I definitely learned from those mistakes. So that's kind of how I transitioned from doing my consulting into events. And then with the workbook, I again, stopped consulting going into college. Mm-hmm. I was in college for about a month or so, and I was just doing YouTube and podcasting. All is good, but I was bored again. I yeah. was like, I want to do something. I feel like my YouTube channels, I'm kind of in a rut. I don't mm-hmm. know what my audience wants because they love my college 
content, but I don't just want to be a college YouTuber. I also want to share my passion for entrepreneurship, but I don't know how to do that if I'm not actually running a business. So I had the idea for the Dream Achieve Workbook Planner um, one morning in September when I was just curling my hair and watching some other amazing YouTubers who were coming out with these products. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that looks so hard and so overwhelming, but I want to do it. And then it just like lit this another fire inside of me because I just wanted to teach myself. Like as soon as I would get back from class, I would just Google how to manufacture a product, how to outsource or do trade or whatever the means are needed for creating this. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like how I pivot. I just, Mm. whenever I get bored or in a rut, I try to think of, okay, what's the next thing I want to learn? Yeah, I love that. And I don't know if you remember, but we were Skyping once. It was actually last September. I was in Toronto. We were Skyping or FaceTiming. And you told me about the workbook that you were like planning. Do you remember? Yes, I do. And I was really nervous to actually tell you about that because I mean, it was just this baby idea. And I was like, tell people and then it doesn't come to fruition and I quit Mm. and I don't come through with it. Like they're going to think I'm, you know, not cut out for this, but I know you received it so well and gave me some great advice for for it. I was so excited. Like I watched your, and like the story of how like you made the book or like why you made the book. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can so remember when you told me on FaceTime and that's just, Oh my God. So surreal. Um, so Obviously, congratulations. We will maybe go later, we will maybe talk about that a bit more. But what I just wanted to ask you, because you mentioned with organizing your uh, own event, which I can imagine, wow, wow, like overwhelm, like 10x, right? Um, but you mentioned burnout, right? And I really want to kind of touch on that because like us being super like ambitious and like getting things done and being all like, oh yeah, dreamers and doers, whatever. There's always this downside of when is it like gonna be enough? Like when are we there? Like when are we, you know what I mean? Like when is it, when can we rest? When like finding this balance, how do you kind of deal with that? And do you ever feel like you're not doing enough? You're not far enough and all of those things. Yeah, all the time. Uh-huh. And since I started YouTube so young and with like content creation, you're always trying to put out something new. People mm. post on Instagram every day. Some people are posting, you know, twice a day or posting daily vlogs like with content. They're wanting something new almost every day, whether it's mm-hmm. a story, a live, whatever. And so I've always felt like that since I started my channel, like even on vacations, I wouldn't take a break and I still don't because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to vlog. I have to take uh-huh. cute pictures. Um, I need to think of something new for my content this week. So what I've had to do is kind of make my rest periods, break them into like my every day, because I don't want to take a week long break from YouTube or from Mm -hmm. Instagram. Um, Of course, if I absolutely need it, I will. Like when I went on a study abroad trip, I didn't have the best um, Wi-Fi connection, my laptop broke. So I was kind of forced to take a break, but if I'm not forced, I usually won't. Uh, so what I do is I put breaks and that, those rest periods for myself, um, into my daily routine. So I will take an afternoon break maybe and go get lunch with a friend, um, since it's summertime, or I will take 10 minutes, 20 minutes in the afternoon to read a book and just like not look at my phone, put it on airplane mm-hmm. mode, um, go lay out by the pool, 
I love actually getting in my car. Like that's kind of like a reset for me. I love driving by myself. Mm. So I'll put on one of my favorite podcasts or my like pump up music and just go for a drive. Uh, since I'm home now, I wasn't able to do that a lot in Nashville when I went mm. to school. Uh, but now that I'm home, there's a lot of areas to drive. So I'll just go for a drive. I'll go to a tar- for a target run and just kind of do something that's really disconnected. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of like helps me reset. And then usually when I come back from like my little trip or whatever, um, in the afternoon, I feel motivated to tackle the to-dos later. Um, but kind of going back to, yeah, what you were saying about always feeling like you have to put out content. That Mm -hmm. is something that I struggle with and I'm still trying to learn like how to, how to not feel that way and how to not feel like there's always something to do because when you work for yourself, there's always something you could do. You could be responding to the email that just came in. You can be planning out next week's content you could Mm -hmm. be filming and it's, it's such a mental um, struggle that I'm still trying to work through. Yeah, it's definitely a journey. And I don't know because you're, I mean, we are both still really young. And I, I guess like people have told you as well, but so many people told me like, don't be so hard on yourself. You're still so young. Like you have time, blah, blah, blah. But I constantly feel like I'm so far behind. I am not doing enough. And everyone else is like so far in front like do you ever feel the same oh yes I mean I compare myself to other creators especially Mm. since I've been doing it for so long and Mm -hmm. I'm I may not be as big as they are now and so I'll Mm -hmm. compare myself like why isn't my content growing why Mm -hmm. aren't I at the same level as them like what's wrong with me so I say these things to myself all the time and I just kind of have to catch it and be like, no, Hannah, you're where God placed you to be at this moment. Like mm. this is the number you're supposed to be at. Um, you know, you're putting in the hard work and if it's meant to come, then it'll come. And yeah, the whole thing about being young is I- I'm like basing my channel now off of the the inspiration, the motivation for young girls to start looking at their careers and what they want to do when they're young, because Mm. we have the ability to fail and not have as many consequences. Mm. I would say is if you're in your like late twenties, like we don't, if you're my age, you know, um, you may not have to pay rent. You may not have to pay all your bills. Um, you may not have a family or a significant other. You also have to worry about like, it's really just yourself and your dreams. And so I think when you're young in high school, even or um, in college, it's a perfect time to kind of just try whatever you want and to put the hustle in and see where it takes you. See if you like that because people, you know, may waste their time in college, um, which is totally fine to each their own. But then late in their late 20s, when they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their career, they're hustling then and they have all these other things looming over their head. Like, oh, when am I going to start a family? Oh, I have to pay rent this month. And I feel like it adds a lot of extra stress, which Mm -hmm. you may not have if you just try when you're younger. Exactly. Like I, I couldn't recommend like being or becoming a student entrepreneur like enough because like there, I mean, you obviously put pressure on yourself, but besides that, like your main thing is to be a student, although maybe for us in our head, it's not, but (laughs) you know, definitely a hard balance. Yeah, exactly. And like, you don't have that much pressure to, oh my God, like, I now quit my job and now in like one month I have to make a living and blah, blah, blah. Like you don't have that. Mm -hmm. So that's really, really great. Um, so what I want to ask you, um, is let's, let's get started with like the big topic. I want to first know about your events. So why do you love 
life events and also what is kind of your vision for your own life events in the future like I would really love to know maybe that inspires the listeners as well yeah I love it so I'll start with kind of giving you an idea of what my events have looked like in the past mm -hmm. year I did just upload a video yesterday I know you commented on it so that you saw it um, <laughs> and it goes like more of behind the scenes so if you mm -hmm. a listener are really interested in like what a live event looks like the day of putting it on definitely go watch that work day in the life vlog. Yes. Um, I will link it down below. <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay. So my event in my hometown, which is Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, it had about 40 attendees, I would say. And it was a three hour event. Myself, two other speakers talked. Um, we got most of the food sponsored. It was like in a beautiful, bright room. It was just very aesthetically pleasing. I put a lot of work into the goodie bags, making sure they were full of amazing products. Um, so the actual day of the event went amazing and I got a lot of good feedback, but I was so burnt out afterwards mm -hmm. because I had tried to do everything myself. Like I would, the day, the week before I didn't have any food sponsors. So a week out, I was cold calling local businesses being like, Hey, I'm 19, but I promise like I can get you promotion. I can open you up to these women who are coming to the event. Um, their age ranged honestly, like from 15 to late fifties. I had women of all ages there wanting wow. to learn. It was called digital success. So it was about all things, personal branding, going into entrepreneurship and a session just on Instagram. So I, the actual day, like I said, went amazing. But afterwards I was so burnt out. I forgot to even send like thank yous to my sponsors and follow up and just definitely dropped the ball. My family went on a vacation, a quick vacation to New York and it was exactly what I needed, but it made me not want to think anything about work. Um, so I learned from that a lot. And then after that event, my uh, a woman named Jen Bolin reached out to me and she said she wants to get into event planning in her hometown, which is Chicago. And she asked if I wanted to co-host an event with her. And I was like, yes, that sounds amazing. Having a co-host, I can go to a new city. I've never been to Chicago. I didn't, mm -hmm. I've never been to Chicago until the day before my event. When I arrived, <laughs> I didn't meet Jen in person till the day of the event last That's Saturday. Crazy. It is, but <laughs> honestly, um, it was, it was an amazing day. We were at a beautiful studio. This studio took care of all the tech, all of the seating. Um, we had some amazing food sponsors. Again, we had about like 40 women in attendance. Uh, we had two speakers, one talking about like standing out as a blogger in Chicago. And then I led a panel of three bloggers um, slash one was also like a, a career coach. And then we had a, another speaker, uh, talk about like landing brand deals. So this event was more focused on bloggers and influencers in the mm -hmm. space and Saturday went on without a glitch. Everything was perfect. I was kind of nervous because some of the aspects of the event that like Jen handled, I didn't really know much about such as like goodie bags and the food. Um, I was more in charge of like the marketings and getting ticket sales through Instagram and setting up the panelists and the speakers and doing the slide deck and I mean, it was great that we were able to split um, the work, but there was definitely still some uncertainty, but it turned out to be amazing. And I really love Chicago as well. So it's a great city if you're from there. But um, that's what my events have looked like in the past. And I've realized learning again from a second event <laughs> going forward that in the future, um, right now, I want to do mainly more like pop-ups in boutiques and Ooh. in little restaurants. So instead of renting out, you know, a space that's like 
$1,500 for the day just to hold the event. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to work with the event space or with the boutique, with the restaurant and just have me come in, do like a brunch, you know, a little network and talk, talk about my story, meet some, hope, um, hopefully like I can make it a lower ticket price so that a lot of my subscribers can come mm-hmm. and just do more of like an informational, motivational meetup um, in these pop-up shops. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to doing because it's way less work and I feel like I'll be less stressed going into it, but still get to share what I, ha- what I want and what I have to say. Yeah, that is so amazing and really inspiring, definitely. Um, I would like to ask because, I mean, you have like now the experience of two events. How long, just so we can kind of get an idea, how long does it usually take to organize an event like that size? Yeah, so Jen reached out to me, I want to say again, like in September or um, like late August. Mm -hmm. And we would have maybe one phone call every two months or month just to like figure out things. It was really in December. So that would be like about six months out um, from the event that we like secured where we wanted the event place to be. And then since we were so busy second semester, I was in Costa Rica for almost all of May. We really like hustled in the last month. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my Knoxville event, I started planning about three months out. So I say if you want to be like really on top of it and have less stress, start six months, even you could start a year out. But it's also available to do if you really hustle in three months um, or less. So yeah, it's kind of like, I wish we would have started ticket sales earlier. So I kind of wish we would have released ticket sales at least two months in advance to get it on people's radar when we announced them like... I think early June, like honestly only a couple weeks before the event. So mm-hmm. that was one mistake I wish we would have done earlier, but yeah, it all just kind of depends on, um, how much you want to cram into your mm-hmm. month before. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Hannah, that's so interesting. Thank you so much for like sharing all of those insights. I love like behind the scenes stuff because, oh my God, like I love it so much. Um, I want to know how did you, learn all of it did you google did you have like a class in university because we actually that was really cool when i was studying abroad in toronto we had a class um called events management and it was actually super super helpful like that was one of the classes where i'm like oh wow i actually like learned something but how did you learn everything i wish i would have had i could be in an events management class maybe later in my college Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be a sophomore this year. Mm -hmm. So my freshman business classes were pretty basic. I knew a lot of what was being said. It was Mm -hmm. just like overall basic, like business law, Mm -hmm. uh, statistics, that kind of thing. So with fun aspects, um, I would say like event planning and marketing, all of that. I definitely just like Google. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I love using the podcast app for iTunes as like a search engine. So I literally just put in the podcast search bar. Um, event planning or mm-hmm. speakers hiring a panel and look, go to episodes tab and see what podcasts have episodes specifically about events. Um, so that was really helpful for getting some insights and yeah, just realizing, okay, I'm going to use Eventbrite. Now let me Google how to use Eventbrite to sell tickets, how mm-hmm. to set up an Eventbrite page um, and just doing like intense research whenever I came to that next step. Yeah, that's amazing. So, I mean, we could obviously talk about like the whole process, but probably not. But (laughs) just for like beginners, what are like the first three steps you would say in an 
like an event planning, planning an event that you kind of like, kind of that kind of event, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Number one, start small. I mean, if I could go back and tell myself, Hannah, just do a 10 person event, only sell, have to sell 10 tickets. I would have, mm. I came from a blogger conference that had like 800 women. So I mm. saw that and I was like, Oh, if I just have like 30 to 40 people, like that's a small event. No, Hannah, that's still a lot of people in a room mm. and a lot of people to feed and a lot of goodie bags to fill. Um, so I really wish I would have started with like a 10 to 15 person meetup and planned yeah. that first. So start small, even if you have big goals for doing a thousand person conference, mm -hmm. just start small and see if you even like it and just learn how to sell those first 10 tickets or whatever. Let's see. Uh, secondly, I would say work with the venue. This is something I didn't do either time and I wish I did. Our venue cost was the biggest cost um, for both times. And so mm -hmm. if you have something to share, instead of renting space, a lot of event centers put on their own events. So see if you can just collaborate with them on an event. So kind of doing like that mm. pop-up shop. Like if mm -hmm. you are amazing at putting together um, succulent vases, you know, like, and you want to have, you know, a planting party for your event, mm. ask them if they would host it. And then you just come in and you lead the event. You can plug your things, but they're the one who like sets up the space and you don't have to pay the event space fees. Mm -hmm. And then let's see, number three, I would probably say to start reaching out to sponsors as early as possible because mm -hmm. I got denied by a lot of sponsors early on because um, they had already set out their budget for the quarter. And so especially bigger businesses, they plan out their marketing expenses very early on. So if you can talk to them at like the beginning of the year for your event, no matter what time of the year it's at, that'll be really great. So you can get on their radar and they can put you in their budget early on. Yeah, I love that. So how did you... Um, those tips were amazing, by the way, just saying they were so good. Oh my God. <laughs> so much value. Um, how did you find, because that's like when I would plan an event, I wouldn't even know like what's the best like date and time to host it. How did you like come up with that? Hmm. So I've kind of seen it done two ways. If you're doing a, like a, just a few hour event, you can do it either in the morning or at like a cocktail hour. Mm. Um, so Jen and I talked about doing either of those. And I just said, you know what, since I'm only 19, like I'm underage in the US, I feel like it's not really authentic for me to hold a cocktail hour. Mm. <laughs> so that's why both of my events have been in the morning. I believe both of them were in the time frames from 10 to 1pm. And I feel like that was really good because it's early in the morning, but it's not too early. And it's on a Saturday because some people don't want to get up at 6am on a Saturday. So mm -hmm. they can wake up at their leisure, come to the event. We provide snacks, a light brunch is usually what I did, like donuts and um, green juice and biscuits. Um, at this one in Chicago, we had like cheese boards. That uh, looked so good, by the way. I was like, oh, holy. <laughs> yeah, those were beautiful. We absolutely mm. loved working our Chicago event for the catering, we worked with like two small businesses who were just launching. So it was really oh, great nice. to work with them. And um, yeah, and her boards were beautiful. Grace Gourmet and Dip and Sip Donuts in Chicago. Mm. You guys are like it from there. Mm. Um, but let's see, what was I saying? Yeah, the, oh, the food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Time of day. Yeah. So, um, I found that the morning times worked well and I always do it on a Saturday because I feel like on Friday nights, people are kind of over. They want a rest. Um, mm -hmm. but Saturdays, more people are free. So it kind of just depends if you're working at like towards hosting an event for someone in corporate or someone, you know, more of a fun brunchy type event or, you know, 
but that's what I've done. Oh, that is so cool. Thank you so much, Hannah, for sharing that. It like really inspires me so much because actually, um, I think I mentioned it on the podcast or in a YouTube video. I can't remember, but I am planning to also host an event, um, with my, because I have like a lot of my uh, YouTube channels about like study abroad. Right. So I have like this big Facebook group, which is like, well, it's not big, but it's like constantly growing. And now I think it has almost 500 members. And a lot of them are from the town that I study abroad in because that's how they found me basically. Mm. So I really want to do like a meetup with them. So I'm kind of thinking, I was also like considering, well, I actually already like reached out to my favorite coffee shop there because I know that they host events as well. And I was like, oh yeah, how do you like do that? So yeah, that's why I'm like, so into like, oh my God, like tell me everything. It's so interesting. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, no, that's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, because it's like, um, like, I mean, you can probably relate. I mean, I know you can relate, but the energy of like a live event is like, out of this world like it's crazy because when you create videos podcasts it's you like you don't see the immediate reaction of people but at live events it's like the energy exchange it's like crazy absolutely it's yeah um you can kind of tell in my video just how excited i am to talk to everyone there because the people at my chicago event they didn't really know me they weren't coming for hannah ashton they were coming because they wanted to learn um you know and i was just hosting the Mm -hmm. event hosting it so it was really cool to just meet new people and like talked about at the beginning it always just seems like a number um like okay it got a thousand hits and you don't think of that being a thousand people who are clicking to see your face yeah exactly but that's like I think that's the most rewarding part as well of being a content creator when you realize that like your content actually like has an impact on people I think that's like so surreal and I realize like my audience isn't super big yet but still like even the messages I receive is like so rewarding and I think that's also should be like a motivation for everyone who wants to be a content creator like you don't need a big audience to make a big impact I think absolutely yeah that's so cool all right so we covered events it was wow I hope that everyone like took notes because I definitely did take some notes because (laughs) um Cool. So let's move on to your workbook, which, ah, that's so exciting as well, because I've never looked behind the scenes of creating like a physical product. I feel like I know a lot about like online courses and online products, but like not a physical product. So yeah. Where should I even start asking you? I don't even know, but like, how do you even start with such a project? Yes, for sure. It took me by surprise because like you, I'd only done content and service, Mm -hmm. but I was like, it would be so cool if I could do a product and being a YouTuber, uh, people put out merch a lot of times Mm. or like clothing lines. And I'm like, that's really just not me. I want to provide a product that is really true to my brand that Mm -hmm. holds all the things that people love about my content, which is productivity and time management routines. Um, and I just was like, if I can pull this off, it'll be 
a miracle, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started looking at like local printing. Oh, sorry. I hit my microphone. I don't know if you heard that. Um, no. <laughs> I started at local printing places in Nashville and just seeing what's out there. So it was really cool to get in-person meetings at first because I, mm-hmm. again, I'm used to doing a lot of business online. So I reached out to someone in Nashville. Like the next week I got a tour of their facility. I took a meeting with them. I took another meeting with them, but it turned out that they just didn't have like the materials that I wanted. I couldn't get the exact look that I wanted and they were insanely expensive since it was locally printed and what I was doing was so many pages. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that was kind of a roadblock I hit in November. And then I, again, went back to Google, like, okay, how are these other women making products? How are you making planners and selling them on Etsy? Um, So then I looked into outsourcing uh, the work and using Alibaba, which is an international like manufacturer. Um, And they honestly had the really gorgeous products that you can that you can customize so it, you go on Alibaba and it's just like plain products but the amazing thing is you send them in your designs you tell them what they want and they customize those products to you and it's what a lot a lot of businesses use um, to manufacture their products and they were giving me a great price point it's to, this whole product process has still been a huge investment it's the mm-hmm. most money I've ever spent on any of my ventures yeah. um, but you know, I'm just kind of like putting myself towards it and was like, okay, I believe in myself. I believe in this. So I'm going to take a chance on myself and invest my money into this. Um, so once I figured out, I wanted to use Alibaba for manufacturing, I had to figure out design and I had only taken one design class in my high school ever. And it wasn't even in Photoshop. It was like an affinity or something. It was a graphic design class. So, and I'm also terrible at drawing, but somehow I managed to just sketch out what I would want my pages to look like. I knew that if I ever had a planner, I would want to have somewhere where I could plan my morning routine, have a content calendar. And then it kind of just morphed into what I have today, which is a workbook planner. So I say that because the first half of the book is more of a workbook for goal setting, figuring out if you want to start a side hustle, what is a side hustle, Um, figuring out yeah, just like your goals, your dreams, your visions, your priorities. And then, so that's the dream portion of the book. And then we get into a six month undated planner. And I say, this is the achieve portion because how you actually achieve your goals is through your daily to do's through, you know, the daily grind. And so you're able to look at the beginning of your book and see your big time goals, but then break it down into smaller goals that you can accomplish over the next six months. Um, and then at the end, there's like some reflection, journaling, things like that. So it is a six month undated planner. So whenever you buy it, you can start it right then. Mm -hmm. And going back to design, I knew it was hard to figure out how much I wanted it to be guided and then how much blank space I wanted because I wanted a very minimal look. A lot of planners out there are very brightly colored with all the stickers and like Mm -hmm. super with, huge quotes on the front. And that's just really not my style. Now I wanted something very sleek, Mm. looked very professional. If you brought it into a meeting, you know, it wasn't going to scream middle school girl, (laughs) something that's just very on brand for me. So I wanted it to be, if you haven't seen the book, um, as a listener, it's all black, uh, linen. And then it just says dream achieve workbook on the front in gold foiling. And then the inside, (laughs) I love it. It's, Mm -hmm. I I think I I still look at pictures of it. I'm like, yes, I love the look of it. Um, And then the inside is, you know, black fonts with the white pages. And then the light pop of color I have is like um, a light blue. Mm -hmm. I 
I just think that's calming. It adds a little bit of freshness to the book, but it's not overwhelming. Um, so yeah, very minimal, but I also feel like if you've never had a planner before, if a middle school girl does pick this up, she's still able to learn how to use that and how to create mm. her brain. Um, with, because it all, is also guided. So that is kind of what I struggled with, with design, finally getting mm. something how I wanted. I taught myself in design, mm. which is a Photoshop application used oh, for Jesus. publications. Yeah. So, and I just YouTube that cause there's some women out there who are showing you how to make like planner pages and in design, how to set up a grid. So I would just watch their videos and work alongside them and mm. kind of figure it out for myself. Cause I knew I didn't have the money to hire a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. So I just said, okay, we're going to learn this. And of course it was, it was a hard, long struggle, but I also really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's like generally always with tools, like in the beginning, it's like, no, I don't want to. It's so awful. Like the first few times you have to use it, it's like so annoying. But yes. then when you like create something out of nothing, basically, it's so rewarding. And yeah, I, you just mentioned, um, like hiring a graphic designer. You did this all by yourself, right? Yes. Besides some help with like friends who looked over the pages, I would just print out, they would give me notes. And then a few um, entrepreneurship, like seniors mm -hmm. um, in my college, I would meet with them for coffee once or twice to kind of just get their opinions. But besides so just, cool. yeah, that free advice, it was just yeah. a lot of self-teaching. <laughs> That's so cool because I also would want to ask, um, I could imagine like someone listening and they're maybe like, oh my God, like I would also love to host a live event. I would also love to make a workbook, but I don't have the budget yet. What would you give them? Like what advice would you give them in order to go step by step towards that? Because I mean, you also started with YouTube and then probably making money from YouTube and then using that money as well, obviously to reinvest now into your new businesses but how do you kind of get started with that what's what would be your advice on that yeah so i am really thankful that i was able to just bootstrap and use my youtube income mm. to fund this project um a lot of again that was a decision on my own because honestly this project like launching this book is about the price of a designer bag and mm. for so long i've wanted to purchase a designer bag because i've seen youtubers other youtubers mm. you know showcasing it and just being like i've made it on youtube you know i bought myself this luxury item and I've been like having to hold myself back for years from purchasing that. I've never been able to do it because at the same time, I'm like, okay, I can buy something that'll sit in my closet that yes, is beautiful. It has the value and it's, I, I would love it, but it also, I could start a business with that same amount of money. Mm. Um, and so that's just the, the decision I decided to put towards it now. So I was able to save my money and use my YouTube income to fund it. But if you don't have that, I would look into doing like, um, Kickstarters is one aspect of how you can get um, people to invest. Mm -hmm. And so they're going into more business, you know, you can get investors, angel mm -hmm. investors, but I, I have no, um, experience in that. Mm -hmm. I honestly, if you're young, I would stay away from getting, you know, professional investors because mm -hmm. it just seems like you, I don't want you to go through college, it not the product or whatever you create, not do well. And then you owe these, you know, people a ton of money. Um, mm -hmm. so I would say to try to do it out of pocket and until you have the money to do it out of pocket, um, get a job working at wherever you can at a retail store and just save your money, save your money. And, or you can do something like a Kickstarter, which is where you 
basically present your idea online and then share it with a bunch of people and people can find it through the kickstarter.com platform as well. And if they believe in your idea, they'll um, just put, you know, however much money they want to, whether it's $10 or $100 towards your idea. And then you only get that money if um, you reach your goal and then you have to put all that money towards the idea. And, you know, there's all these guidelines and stuff to make sure that that's being done correctly. But Kickstarter is a great way, free to start, I'm pretty sure. Um, but also just like creating a savings account and mm. working whatever job you can find, babysitting, whatever you need to do and saving up at least a couple hundred dollars to first put towards your idea. Yeah, that is amazing. I think it's really, really about setting priorities because I guess you are also like in college, you are not like going out all the time and I mean, okay, you you are you are not allowed to drink in the U.S. I just forgot, so you can't yeah. spend that much money on this. Okay, but you know, like people spend a lot of money, obviously, on other things. So if you really have this like dream in your head, like I always tell people who like ask me, oh, I don't have the financial support from my parents. I don't have enough savings to study abroad, and I tell them, you always like you can always make it. Like you can always find a way, basically. You can always work it out somehow. Mm -hmm. It's about setting priorities and like also being creative and also making sacrifices. But I guess when you like really, really want it, saying, okay, I will launch this amazing product that will change people's lives uh, over buying a designer handbag. I think that's an easy decision when you really are driven to do it. Yeah, that's such great mm -hmm. advice. Um College students say, and I love when you actually talk about this on your podcast, like you hear in college, oh, I'm so broke. I have no money. Mm -hmm. And even if you have $20 in your bank account, like if you keep telling yourself, oh, I'm broke, I have nothing to spend, you're going to believe it. And then like how you say, like the money, it just isn't going to go towards, it's not going to show up in your life. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized this, like when my friends one night, we went downtown for a concert and people in Nashville and college, they go downtown, like whenever they want to go out to party, to clubs, mm -hmm. whatever. And just that one night was so expensive between the Uber um, at rush hour. So like the Ubers were in total like $40 there and back. Mm. And then the food, if you go out to eat, and then if you buy drinks, and then the actual, you know, time to get into wherever you're going, the club or the concert. I was like, this is like a hundred dollar night and mm. college students are doing this every weekend and mm. saying they have no money. I was like, what the heck? How is this happening? You know, and then you want to go for milkshakes after or whatever. And it just mm. all adds up. So people say like, oh, I could never ha save a hundred dollars to invest in my business. And then I'm like, okay, well, do you have a Netflix account? Do you have Spotify premium? Mm. Like what are these little things you're spending money on all the time that you can cut back, which will really add up. And then if you just save it for a couple months, you'll have a couple hundred dollars that you can feel really proud about and then invest into your dream. And then guess what? You're going to be way more diligent in working towards that dream, working towards that goal because you have skin in the game, because you have your own money, which you worked so hard to save to put towards it. Exactly. And I think it's like I, I do think you have to really also work on your own self-confidence because I guess both of us now we are confident that if we invest in ourselves, that's always the best investment because we have complete control over the money that we spend because it's our own project. But maybe like I, I have a lot of friends who are also or no, I don't have a lot of friends who do that, but a few of my friends, they're also um, kind of starting up those side hustles. And also for them, it's like, oh, like even a 
I don't know, $12 subscription to Lightroom or something is a lot for them. But I think if you kind of step-by-step go there, it will become a norm to invest in yourself. I think it's like a big mindset thing. And I also think it's really important to not identify, especially if you're in college with the, oh my gosh, I'm a student, I'm broke, blah, blah, blah. That's not like you can't, you just can't do, you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard because people around you will say that. Mm. I caught myself many times being yes. like, oh, I can't do that today. Or, I mean, it's good to be frugal, but if you mm-hmm. are constantly telling yourself like, I can't do this because the money's not in the bank account. Um, mm-hmm. even it's something of importance, you know, investing in yourself, then yeah, it's, it's hard to get out of that mindset. But then I'd have to remind myself like, wait, no, Hannah, even if you are running low on cash this month, like you're really blessed to be in this school mm-hmm. and to be learning every day and to have at least some money in your bank and, and a roof over your head. So there's always something to be grateful for. Yeah, I love that. Gratitude is obviously really important. So um, I loved all of those insights. I want to ask you to like round up the episode. I don't know if I asked you that on the last episode as well, but what is your personal kind of five-year vision maybe or what is what is maybe coming next for you? Like, can we get any sneak peeks or kind of your your dreams, your ambitions right now. I know they're probably always changing. At least mine always are. Like they're always changing. But I just love talking about it. I think like it's always really inspiring. Yeah, it's hard to think about five years in advance because this time last year, I had no intention of creating a product. And mm. here we are. So <laughs> five years, honestly, who knows? Um, but I really did love creating this product, even though there were a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And I having to keep myself focused on just this product right now and maybe in a few months or in a year releasing some other products that align with my brand. Um, I do love doing live events. So I would love to do more of those and honestly just speak at bigger conferences. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though I love hosting the events, I just love being able to show up and share what I love as well and not have Mm -hmm. to worry about checking people in and are there goodie bags in every seat and Mm -hmm. those little things um, during the day of, I like just to focus on the people. So speaking more, traveling more for those uh, work events, and hopefully continuing with the product business. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, that sounds so great. So thank you so much for um, being on the podcast. I want to ask you, uh, I, I think I remember you saying in the video about your workbook that you're still working on international shipping, right? Or is that available? Um, there is international shipping, but it's, I mean, it's expensive. It's like, I think $15 or so, depending on where you're wanting to go. Um, mm-hmm. The workbook, I tried to keep at a low cost, which is $35 mm-hmm. with free US shipping. But I do, I can't cover the international shipping right now. And it is on pre-order. So if you order now, um, my goal is to get it in your hands by the start of the next semester. So like late July, early August. But yeah. this is my first time doing it. So I don't want to make any huge promises, mm-hmm. but it definitely is on pre-order and will be coming in this summer. That is so cool. So if anyone... Right now, we will obviously put the link uh, down below. If you are, I know I have a lot, a lot of listeners from the US. Actually, I think it's, I think it's like almost fifty percent from the US. Wow. Yeah, I know it's like, it's crazy, right? Or even sixty percent. A lot of people. So if you are listening, if you are from the US, you want a new planner, then you know where to go. Um, are there any other places you want to send the listeners? 
Um, I think those are my main ones. You can find my YouTube channel, which is just Hannah Ashton, or my Instagram, which is Miss Hannah Ashton. And yeah, it's all kind of there. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Make sure you check out Hannah and support her. Let her know that you come from this podcast. She is such an amazing person. I'm so glad to know her. I'm so glad to have her here on the show. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And you'll hear from me in the next podcast episode on the Digital Diamonds. Bye, guys. Bye.